0: guys, welcome back to the Well Said Podcast, where we are talking about following Jesus in the midst of an anxious post-Christian culture. My name is Andre, and I'm here with my wife Leah, and we are back to talk to you guys again about um, a topic that is quite season-appropriate for our Advent Christmas season, but also I think it's something that taps into our broader materialistic culture and our relationship to our money and our things. So mm-hmm. what we want to do today is talk about generosity. It's a pretty Christmassy subject, though, it right? It is.
1: I think I've been thinking about it a lot more because of we're in the midst of Christmas season and the busyness and the hustle and bustle. And I just think it's such a it's a biblical concept. I think we had a sermon about it a few maybe a few months ago already mm-hmm. about being a giving person. Mm-hmm. And I think we should just kind of unpack what what it means and the misconceptions that come with it.
0: Yeah. So. I think it taps deeply into the Christmas spirit because it's all about giving and it's all about being a Truly generous, you know person, but um, I think that when it comes down to The rubber meeting the road in our daily lives generosity Often takes a back seat
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think that we, everybody is going to be on board when you're talking about generosity being an important thing an important part of their life I think what we struggle with is incorporating it as a permanent attribute of who we are. Like mm-hmm. how do we become truly generous people? Mm-hmm. How do we get become people who are... Uh, it's just second nature to be giving. And again, I want to be very careful about saying that I have become that. And therefore I can say it. But I, I think, think
1: we're all, we're all we're in, all in process. the process. We're yeah. not. No one has arrived. But I think one of the first things that people think of when we say generosity is financial generosity mm-hmm. i think people um i hear a lot of defense where like well i can't afford or we are on a tight budget or we just don't have the means to be constantly blessing others with material goods or, or whatnot and i think that that's an incorrect way to kind of think about generosity because in the bible we're called to be well there's so many verses you know god loves a cheerful giver and to give out of like in the parable that jesus said mm-hmm. where the widow gives just a few pennies mm-hmm. and he says that is more than the the man who comes in and you know dumps a bunch of money right into it was in the
0: parables an actual actual, actual situation oh, that's right they yeah. were like
1: observing it from the side and i think that's just a perfect example of how it is more of a heart posture it is more of a attitude you have in your everyday life where you are looking for opportunity to bless others out of this deep conviction that i am very i'm abundantly blessed i'm a rich person not necessarily um with material goods but Mm -hmm. i am blessed beyond measure and i have so much to give and i want to give i want to give away all that the lord has given me
0: yeah yeah i think that that's that strikes at the the center of the issue. Um, You can't start talking about generosity by starting to talk about how much money we should give or how much of our money we can give. It goes way deeper than that. It goes, first of all, to how you see yourself. Are you a person who um, is in constant need? Do you view yourself as that? Mm -hmm. Or do you view yourself as a person who is abundantly blessed and rich? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that word blessed is very much overused. But um, it's a biblical term when we're specifically talking about our true condition,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: We are oftentimes tempted to be defining ourselves based on how we feel today. Shoot, my budget is tight. We don't have enough money for this or that or so, you know, difficult to make time because I'm so busy about this and that make time for other people. We're defining ourselves based on our immediate circumstances rather than the overall biblical story of who God who God is and what he's done. Mm-hmm. He has come to save us and he has poured upon us the wealth of blessings. You know, Ephesians chapter 1, he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So when you view yourself in light of the finished victory of Jesus as an adopted son or daughter of God's kingdom. Um, you, you've, you view yourself as a person who has everything and has so much more than he could ever imagine. Um, and out of that richness of, of perspective, you start to view your life. You start to view your life as, okay, Lord, how, how do how can I abundantly give because you have given me so much. My heart is full, Mm -hmm. you know? So if my heart is constantly starved Starved for love, starved for affection, starved for meaning or satisfaction. If I'm acknowledging Jesus with my words, but in my deep down view of myself and my daily life, I I don't I don't feel like a loved son or daughter of the King. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that way, and I don't experience God in uh, His love and His care. It's it's going to be forced out of me. It's not going to flow out of me in my nature you know it's going
1: to a lot of times it's going to be a guilt based uh pressure based shame based kind of like oh i should you know it's important to give it's important to be generous so i'm going to give and we portion out and i think what god is calling us is a deeper sense of a heart that just wants to bless other people and i think one of the biggest ways that we don't think about generosity is like one of the most valuable things we have in our lives is time Mm -hmm. and attention and intentionality. And I think you could be maybe never even give an extra dollar, but you are lavishing people with just love and attention Mm -hmm. and um, encouragement and help and showing up when they need and even when they don't need, you show up. I think time is something that we easily... Um, idolize with we, we run little circles around building our own little kingdoms our own little schedules um you know being super stingy with every extra minute because we have things to do we have goals to achieve we have our lives to build
0: mm-hmm. um
1: and especially family people we have kids to raise you know we have things to take them to and so we are so focused on dealing with all of our schedules and all of our needs that we forget to take a moment to stop and think of others' needs. Think Uh of, okay, it's Christmas season. You know, maybe there are people who are lonely right now. Maybe there are people who are not feeling the Christmas spirit. They're not feeling that sweetness of fellowship and community. Um, Maybe someone is going through a really hard time. Uh Um, The fact that I even have a thought right now means I should text them. I should encourage them. I should give them a call and um, just tell them you're thinking about them. little moments and and creating habits in your life where you are almost instinctively looking for opportunities to bless people i think that's more of the truer heart of generosity because it's easy for all of us to when we get excess amount of financial wealth say you sold a house and you just you made more than you thought you would and it's you want to give part of that to the church or to Mm -hmm. a family in need like it's you feel good about yourself because you did something You have big. abundance, and therefore you can do it. Mm-hmm. But to do it, a to do At that a costly like experience. like it's gonna cost you generosity yeah. is gonna cost you something, and it doesn't have to be in the big big gestures of financial blessing, but it's in the little moments of how you orient your life towards other people. Um, I think that makes a bigger difference and creates a heart posture.
0: Yeah, I think that that's so. That first core question or principle is you're never going to be generous unless you view yourself as genuinely wealthy. Yeah. Um, and do you view yourself as a wealthy person in light of God, who God is and what he's done? And just briefly, you know, I for me, it was a distinct transformation when I viewed God this way. Like when I began to see God, first of all, in creation, how he is just... Mm-hmm. God is so over the top.
1: Yeah, he doesn't just hold back. Just look
0: around. Like, he didn't have to make the world so crazy amazing. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he's doing it all the time. You just, you just, we, we have to learn to pause and be like, dang. Mm-hmm. Like, look at the wind and the waves and the seasons and the flavors and the tastes of life. Like, he created a world that is just over the top. Like, we are, there is so much blessing there is so much gift that God is just hosing us in that we're not even aware of. yeah God sends you know God sends the rain and the sun on the e- evil and the good alike. like the the Bible continually shows us what kind of God He is. He is just showering the world with goodness
1: even uh, when just no because of looking. who he
0: is, even when no one is looking. And even when people are opposing him and rebelling, he gives them breath and life and goodness and love and food and joy and beauty. You know, beauty, like, and, and just awe and wonder. So, this is who God is. Yeah. And then you look at salvation, what God has done. He has given us, He has in Jesus, it is finished. Like, we are bought, we are saved, we are redeemed, eternally sealed by the Holy Spirit. We have eternity with our heavenly father, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Like when you look at, when you follow Paul in Romans and he just explodes with wonder in chapter 11, you know, Oh, the depth of the riches and mercy of the goodness of God, like how unsearchable his ways, like Mm -hmm. he's just overflowing with man, how good God is, how much we have, how, how is it that he who gave us his only son will not with him also give us all things. Yeah. So, you cannot have you cannot experience true wealth uh in in a full spiritual sense unless you see who god is yeah and when you see who god is you start to work through that you start to soak in his presence his goodness his gift consciously thanking him consciously looking and saying look at these gifts look at these gifts well, and I, and I I try it comes to do hand this. in
1: hand with gratitude. If you don't have yeah, gratitude, yeah. gratitude you will cultivates never see. that sense
0: of richness because you're naming it. It's yeah. there's, so there's a ritual here. There's a ritual. That's why the Bible says, you know, give thanks at all times. Mm-hmm. The ritual of gratitude cultivates our sense of richness mm-hmm. and our awareness of how much we have. Yeah. Um, I have this dumb little thing. I'm not dumb. Like it's a simple thing. I say At the beginning of every sermon or church service, almost, I try to just say, um, it's so good for us to be here today. Mm -hmm. This is good. Yeah. Like just to look at this and say, this is so good. Mm -hmm. Um, So once you start, when when we are richly cultivating our hearts in this, we begin to be the type of people who are not in a scarcity mindset. We are not in a mindset of, I got to protect myself. I got to put me first. I got to watch out. I got to not burn out. Of course we shouldn't burn out and get mentally ill because we are <laughs> messed up and right. not sleeping and ruining our bodies, you know, destroying our bodies. Of course don't do that. But when you see how much God is in your life, who he is, what he's done, you start to overflow with abundance and you know, like Jesus was like man does not live by bread alone. Like Jesus feasted on the presence of the Father. And Jesus was powerful, even though he had not eaten for 40 days. Yeah. And that power, that sense of power and giving and that drive to live and give and serve and die with empty hands. um, It drives us into, it drives us out of that fear mindset of like, I just need to make sure that, that I'm not overloading myself or that I'm not doing too much, that I'm, you know, all of that stuff can become crippling and Can make us be very self-focused about putting our needs first and then Out of whatever's left over the needs of others,
1: right? It's it's this portioning out of Here's what's mine. And here's just the little extras I can give and That's not to say we don't ask God for wisdom I think we should every day ask God for wisdom and he will guide our paths in which Things we take on and which needs we meet and which needs we cannot meet but I think it's very easy for all of us to compare and look at the people who we see being extremely generous and just giving, giving their lives, giving their time, serving in church. They have families. They have marriages. But they're constantly just pouring themselves out for the kingdom. And we instinctively say, well, they can do that for A, B, and C reasons. And I can't. They're financially stable. Their kids are a little older. They have less kids than me. They're not homeschooling. You know so many reasons and i hear this all the time and i have this too where i'm like well they're doing so much but i can't because of these reasons and Mm -hmm. i don't think we should ever compare and rather than looking at people who give a lot and feeling guilt we should be inspired i think that's the correct response be inspired and be like wow what a blessing to the church and then search your heart and say lord where can i give up myself where can i lay myself on the altar and be used for your kingdom Mm -hmm. there's always excuses there's always reasons to be stingy and selfish but you know, there's like, oh, we don't have money. We're super tight on the budget, and I think if that's how limiting you see for generosity, like you have time, you have the Holy Spirit living in you, you can invite someone over for some tea and a piece of chocolate and bless them. Yeah. You, you don't have to. You don't have to say I can't be a person who loves people well because I'm a mom with tons of kids. Like. Right. Or I can't be someone who can. I can't do any sort of ministry because this is how busy I am. Mm -hmm. It's like Lord, if if you you have given me one penny to give, this is what I can offer up, and I know you can multiply that into thousands of gifts. Like trusting in God, and I think another lesson I'm seeing how often like we often talk about how God kind of overfills your plate. Like truly, sometimes like Mm -hmm. I see some of my friends they're homeschooling, they have a bunch of little kids, like tiny kids, they are overwhelmed. And they're hosting nonstop and they're taking on people's needs and they're they're just a blessing. But and my my thought to them is like make sure you're not burning out like me checking in on them. And I see in my life how often like if you're faithful and cheerfully taking on what God has placed in front of you, like he will provide the rest he will actually take care of you when in moments where you don't think if you have two weeks jam packed with scheduled events that you have to run and ministries and maybe preaching and kids stuff and school and and you're just like there's no way Mm -hmm. me as a person can possibly handle that but lord you have given this to me and i want to be faithful so help me god will provide rest in those moments he will provide refreshment in ways that you wouldn't think so I think that, you know, there's wisdom in, in portioning out our time, but also leaning into God that he's our father who sees our needs. And when he calls us to give generously out of abundance, he will also bless us mm-hmm. with moments of rest, with moments of refreshment, with moments of joy for living a life of of generosity. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you especially have to watch out for that preaching schedule that you that you maintain. Yes, I meant you. I pointed <laughs> to you, but people can't see over the
1: over the recording.
0: People don't. People may not know that you don't preach I in don't, our church. We. Have I meant your preaching schedule. Pastors that preach. Yes. No. I even people who are not in official ministry. Right. This is talking about, and it, I think what you're hitting at is, when we think about, rather than. Rather than defining ourselves based on our limits, which of course we should be aware of our limits. Right. But we should when our heart is full of wonder for who God is and what he is doing in the world and what he's doing in our life, we then also we then also have this um this hunger, this desire for him to use us Mm -hmm. and for him to use us mightily. Yeah. For him to use us powerfully. For we have a desire to be as fruitful as we can be. And for that, you can pray. You can mm-hmm. ask. Instead of saying, well, this is all I can do and no more, there's a different mindset. There is, Lord, uh, expand my abilities. Mm-hmm. Expand my heart, my mind, my strength mm-hmm. so that I can do more. Yeah. And again, we're not talking here about A productivity crazy drive Uh, some of the most productive people for the kingdom of God may appear to be living a pretty not crazy eventful life Mm -hmm. but when you look into the details of how they spend themselves that they are the type of people who are always oriented to loving Mm -hmm. and giving and building others up their heart Mm -hmm. is captivated by Lord, how can you use me for your kingdom today? Mm-hmm. They, are, they are servants of the kingdom. That is their life and that is their joy. They're not trying to prove themselves. They're not trying to be like, oh, that person can do this and I want to do more than that or I, I want to be as good as them. Um, they're not trying to show the world or God how good they could be. They are operating out of a heart that is full and free from constraint and And desiring hungry to give, mm-hmm. and so I think that that's where we we should we should be excited to learn of how God can do things through us that we didn't think He could. Mm-hmm. in situations where we are exhausted and yet we're in a situation that we can't escape, right? Um, instead of burrowing down into our exhaustion and feeling sorry for ourselves, saying, "Okay, well, this is where I am, this is what it's at. Sure, I'll rest when I can, but at this moment, Lord, use me. Yeah. Instead of instead of pouting and focusing on what we need, we can be like, Lord, give me strength. Mm-hmm. Give me the strength to to love today well, mm-hmm. you know? And he does. Yeah. And that's where when you do that, when you live that way and you just see God come through and come through and come through and come through and you're just like, wow god is so great
1: you know it's not your strength yeah you're like i'm not great yeah you you look back and you're like there's no way i could have possibly done that and any person you have ever known who has walked through trials and done it faithfully anyone you ask they say i don't know how i did that that was the lord carrying me through and they all say the same thing and it's like it's such a beautiful example of leaning into God and asking for strength. And then he just provides it He answers. And also he expands your abilities. He expands your capacity to handle more. I remember being so inspired by certain moms who do amazing amounts of work. Like they're so productive. Their homes are so beautiful. They have so many children and I was inspired and I thought I could never, how, like how Mm -hmm. I remember telling you that. And then with time, A lot of those, like God just gave me tons of practice and opportunity. And then your kind of, your tolerance goes up and you're Mm -hmm. able to handle a lot more than you ever thought you could when you had like one or two kids and you felt like you're drowning. Yeah. He gives you more children. He gives you more opportunity. You just grow as a person because you lean, lean into that, that attitude of Lord use me. I want to, I want to die to myself. I want to lay my life down on the altar for your glory and God does amazing things with that and it's it's just it's a joyful way to live life. Yeah. But and when well, we're you know, focused on self-pity, it's yeah. it will only drain you and make you more tired.
0: Yeah. When we when we're like look at what God has done in Jesus. And then think about what he can do through you. Like y- y- you can do so much more, you know, Paul says I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Like that 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 mindset of Like whatever he's going to send me, he's also going to work through me. And you cultivate wisdom. Like we have to understand your view of your life today is not the final view. And actually with years, we keep looking back at ourselves and we keep keep thinking, man, I lacked wisdom. I thought I was so busy back then. But a lot of that was empty dead space or busybody kind of stuff that was making me feel overwhelmed, but wasn't really doing much. You know, like we were uh, unloading the truck full of furniture for our staging stuff and the garage looked packed and there's no way this is going to fit but then we just get to work we start rearranging stuff we start making it more efficient and Mm -hmm. like restructuring things and and then all of a sudden in a place where we never thought we could fill a whole Mm -hmm. truckload of furniture it fit because you just get to work and we have to view our life this way Mm -hmm. we are always restructuring in, in micro small ways adjusting our lives constantly we should be inviting the holy spirit to be working restructuring our hearts constantly we're constantly being formed and reformed and your wisdom grows and you you should expect that Mm -hmm. if you believe in god who is working in your heart you should expect this change and and you you look back and you should expect to see wow you know i'm doing things today serving people today in ways i never thought i could in the past yeah, yeah. because of the reordering work that god has been mm-hmm. doing in my heart mm-hmm. you know and go ahead you want to say it's, something it's
1: like i think it's elijah the prophet where he comes to the widow with the son and says make me some food and she yeah. said i have
0: i have nothing teeny
1: bit of flour and oil left and he was like that's okay you know give give that to the lord and she prepared it and she like it never ran out and it, yeah like you give your little fish and bread and god multiplies it like you don't have to worry about Whether or not you will have enough strength or whether or not you can handle, like, obviously have wisdom and don't burn out. And that's, that's all good and right. But just that concept of God actually will multiply. Well, person. and
0: the thing about burnout is I think a lot of times burnout is caused by idolatry of self and productivity. Yeah. We make productivity our, our measure of self-worth. Mm-hmm. We think if I can get these things done, I can do this. I can prove, I, can, I all feel good about myself if I could accomplish these things. And then we set these bars for ourselves that God has not set. Right. We start taking on things that God has not told us to take on. And we, we bite off more than we can chew. Because God has not given those things to us to do. Yeah. And we're not seeking his strength and his help and we start to burn out. Yeah. That is burnout. Burnout is de- is the, v- the very definition of burnout is trying to do more than you're capable, you know, signing up to more stuff than you then can God humanly. God has given you to do. Yeah. And God is, God is giving you stuff. He's going to overwhelm you a little bit, but he's going to stretch you and he's going to give you the strength to do the things he's calling you to do. But I think most of the burnout culture is, is, is this busybody idolatry of myself and my accomplishments, my productivity, my finances, my career, my family, whatever it is. Um, when you're depending on the Lord, he is giving you wisdom to pace yourself, to sense multiple areas where you need to correctly view watch out for things in your life. Take Sometimes care of your family.
1: Wisdom comes in your spouse telling you, Hey, you're doing too much and you need to you need to slow um, down slow down or your kids or, or take a or break. a fellow pastor or a friend. I think there's lots of opportunities where God gives right. us warnings, but we're like, No, we're fine and we don't heed to that wisdom and we keep going and we burn out. I think the there's... most
0: I think the most fruitful and productive lives of ministry were our lives that are paced in a humble way. So it you know the kingdom of God is always a paradox. It feels like dying but it's life-giving, mm-hmm. right? It feels like poverty but it is wealth. Mm-hmm. And in our productivity and in our ministry and our generosity, it feels like oh, well, I'm not giving as much as those people or not this or this. We compare. We feel like we're nothing, but we're like Lord, use me and I want to pace myself in a way that's not just making a splash today, mm-hmm. but living an entire lifetime of goodness and, and, and sacrifice that slow pace ends up over surpassing in, in, as it multiplies in how much you give and how much you love people, how much you impact people over time. It's like the mustard seed of the kingdom that grows to be the biggest tree, you know, like that paradox of the kingdom, it humbles us and it makes us grow and and be fruitful.
1: Yeah. So how can we, apply this to the Christmas season and the holiday season in general, just this heart of generosity. I think just my first thought is towards your children. A lot of times we're like, Christmas is not about gifts. It's not about all this like expensive toys. And that's true. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's about the gifts. I think it's about being generous towards your children with your time, your affection, your love, Mm -hmm. making it the best time of the year for them, making it the funnest time, um, creating fun little crafts and baking cookies and spending yourself so that their moments are full of magic and joy and not being like i'm not going to give you too much fun things because it's about jesus so it's uh-huh. like we're celebrating jesus we're going to have the best parties we're going to have the most fun time i think towards your family be right. generous um you know thoughtful it doesn't have you don't have to go out and buy them iPads but maybe even like if you can't afford it get the tiniest little gifts that cost like a dollar but uh-huh. the kids will be delighted in them
0: Yeah. I think a lot of times during the holiday season, our focus becomes more about how can I enjoy this season more? Mm -hmm. How can I be comfortable? How can I have what I want? Um, versus just thinking about how can I, how can I do a little more? How can I do something extra special for my family? How can I do something extra special for somebody else going out of your way, pausing and thinking, um, who around me in my community can I love in a unique way
1: And you know those like cartoons and books I was reading earlier to Charlie a, a Christmas book and it's like every scene in the home is Garland is hung and the fireplace is lit and there's gifts under the tree and there's a beautiful Christmas tree and it's just you know turkey on the table and it's like every book every movie we've seen it's like this is the christmas vibe but somebody put in the work someone wrapped <laughs> yeah. all those gifts someone actually had to go shopping for all those somebody
0: gifts. cleaned that house <laughs> it
1: wasn't magically on it the christmas tree had to be cut down and decorated and the fireplace had to be lit and probably the, the wood had to be chopped so yeah. there's a lot of love put into that and i think i one of my priorities is just to show my kids that yeah. look at all these people who love you it's not about look at all these cool presents like look at the people who went out of their way to love you enough to bless you like this Mm -hmm. and I think I'm so inspired by our grandparents and our parents and the way that they immigrated from Russia and the Soviet Union and hearing grandma's stories of how a giant group of people from another city would just arrive at her doorstep and she had to feed them all yeah you know and it's like there's no meat because it's winter and it's hard to come by meat or fresh anything so she you know she would fry some eggs over some noodles with some like little fried onion and mm-hmm. just make it. And that sounds so beautiful to me. Like you don't have anything. Give what you do have yeah. with some cups of tea and some just basics, some yeah. fruit. And, and they would tell stories and they laugh at how one, one large group leaves and they're walking out the door and another large group arrives. And it's just like, these people are cold mm-hmm. and hungry. They came from the train station and this home is the only Christian home they, they know in the whole County. Mm-hmm. So they came to their doorstep and it was mm-hmm. just this like beautiful photo, picture of like, just generosity that doesn't run out this love this warmth that to me it's so inspiring and it's so i want to be a person whose doors are always open
0: yeah well and i think connected to that like make your joy in the joy of others yes you know like what what are you most looking forward to this season it should be something about how you can bring joy to others how what can you do this season uh, what are the tangible ways, abilities, opportunities, gifts that you have that you can bring some joy to somebody, and orient around that uh, rather than what I can receive. Yeah,
1: you know? it's more more. It's more blessed to. Is it more blessed? Or more. It is happy? more blessed to give than to, to receive. To than to receive. I mean, the the Lord says that, and it's it's true. We have to have faith in that, and I guess our encouragement during this holiday season is to not hold back and to not be. A Grinch, yeah, (laughs) with being super measured and portioned out with every blessing you give, and just lavish your people, lavish your church, even if it means just with your love and attention and joyful spirit at worship service or during groups where you share how the Lord is good. Yeah, that's general. That's generous, not just physical blessing, but encouragement and joy. That's also blessing as well.
0: Yeah, I was doing a chapel message for the kids that are. Christian school here on little short messages that that we're doing through Matthew. And I was talking about Matthew six, one to four, where Jesus says, don't practice your righteousness before the people, but do good, give, um, help the needy, not because of the reward you get from people, but because your heavenly father is watching. Mm -hmm. And it was just a really interesting thing to meditate on that and to view that in a way I haven't seen before, because what Jesus is saying is not that you know the heavenly judge is assessing you, so please him. Um, the whole Sermon on the Mount, the vibe there is that your heavenly Father loves you, He cares for you, and He delights in you. Mm-hmm. And if you learn to walk through all of life and view all of all the situations in front of you as an as a communion experience with your heavenly Father and His delight in you, mm-hmm. then you begin to delight in the doing of good things. Mm-hmm because your heavenly father is watching and mm-hmm. his delight is in seeing you walking in his ways and that becomes your delight as well right, right. you don't need anybody to see it you don't need yeah. anybody to praise you you don't need anybody to say good job oh my goodness you're so good because mm-hmm. that's what we want we crave right but then we never get quite enough praise mm-hmm. from people it's yeah. like a, a slavery but Jesus kind of unlocks this kingdom principle where he's like, your heavenly father is watching. That's yeah. why you should do it. And he's not watching to critique and judge mm-hmm. you. He's your heavenly father. He saves you. He, mm-hmm. he loves you. He cares for you. Earlier he was saying he clothes you, mm-hmm. you know, more than the, the, you know, the lilies of the field. Like your heavenly father delights in your uh, acts of joy, generosity, giving, because that is what he is to you. Yeah. And when you learn to, to feed off that communion, you learn to feed off that delight, uh, you have that perpetual state of joy and yeah. enjoyment yeah. to walk in his ways, and nobody needs to see it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to do this because I'm enjoying my father today. Right. And this is our joy, me and him, to do these things. Mm-hmm. And no one sees me. That's okay. He sees me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So that was like, man, that is so cool that, you know, it's so powerful to realize you're never alone in the doing of good things you're never alone your heavenly father is there and it is his delight for you to partake in his giving work his life-giving mission to the world so that is that is some good stuff to consider to encourage us to be giving to be rejoicing to be partaking in god's mission thank you guys so much for listening with us today Uh, Let us know what you thought. Send this to somebody if you think it might be an encouragement to them. Uh, Give us a review on iTunes. That helps other people find the show. And thank you so much for listening, and we will be back again to talk to you soon.